0: Hello. Welcome to the Myths of the Norse. Chapter 17. The Flighting of Loki. Everyone in Asgard knew that Loki was responsible for Baldur's death and for the failed bid to save him from hell. No one could prove it, but everybody knew. Loki the trickster had become Loki the evil one. He was no longer invited to feasts and parties, something which rankled with him enormously. One day, when Thor was away in Jotunheim, but all of the other Aesir were present, Aeir held a feast and brewed some of his famous ale. Himir's cauldrons, stolen by Thor and Tyr, were put to good use. Aeir's two dwarf servants, Fimafeng and Eldir, served the gods and goddesses with the sweet magical ale and some very fine food. All was going well until the most unwelcome of guests turned up. Loki was in the house. His presence went unnoticed for a while, and much praise was heaped upon Aeir's servants for the excellence of their service. This seemed to annoy Loki, and before anyone could stop him, he drew his knife and killed Fimafeng. Loki was forcibly ejected from the room. After the shock had worn off a little, the gods began to talk and drink as before. But Loki wasn't done. Who did these gods think they were? Who were they to stop the great Loki from feasting with them? Oh no, something had to be done. And anyway, hadn't Odin always promised he would drink with Loki? The trickster turned round and went straight back into Aeir's hall. Silence fell as he entered the room. I'm thirsty. Give me a cup of Aeir's famous ale. There was no answer. What? Can you not speak, you arrogant crowd? Find me a seat and give me a drink. Bragi was the first to speak. You're not welcome here you will have no seat. Loki ignored him and faced Odin. Surely you remember your promise to drink with me? Never, said you, will you drink ale unless it was brought to both of us. Odin nodded and asked Vidar to stand up and move around. He gestured for Loki to sit down. Loki raised his glass and gave a mocking toast. He praised all of the gods in the room except Bragi, who had dared to challenge his presence. Bragi was not happy. Be quiet, Shut up and I'll give you a horse of my own and maybe a sword and a ring too. Ha! snorted Loki. Fine words from the biggest coward in the room. No god or elf drinking at this feast is more of a chicken than you. Bragi stood up and began to draw his sword. His face glistened with anger and he could barely control his rage. Eden stepped forward and gestured for him to calm down. Now Bragi, my good husband, she said. Think of your family, and don't join in with harsh words. Think of your children and of me. Loki laughed. Calming words from you, Eden, really? After all, you're the most man-crazed of all the goddesses. I believe you even had arms around your own brother's killer. Loki snorted, pleased with his cutting words. Eden kept her composure and simply sat down and ignored Loki's continuing jibes. The Sky Traveller exchanged some more insults with Gyphon, before Odin stepped in and tried to sort out the quarrelling. Don't mess with Gyphon. You know she can see the future. Oh, shut up, Odin. Don't talk to me about knowing the future. You try to control the future. I've seen you give battle honours to those who don't deserve them. I may have allowed the weaker man to win sometimes, said Odin, but you, I believe, have lived as a woman for eight years. These words were not exactly the right ones if Odin's wish was to calm the situation down. Loki simply scoffed and reminded the Allfather that he'd travelled across the world dressed as a woman many times during his voyages of discovery. When he was done, Frigg admonished him, telling him it was not right to bring up past deeds of the Aesir in this manner. Loki was on a roll though. It was unlikely that any intervention would have made him keep quiet, but Frigg's words just seemed to enrage him more. "'A telling off from you, dear Frigg, wife of Odin. "'Now that really is rich, coming from the goddess so mad for men "'that she's been with her husband's brothers. "'I fixed it for you that you never see your beloved Baldur again. "'That son of yours will rot in Helheim ever, thanks to me.' "'You're mad and wicked, Loki,' shouted Freya, eyes blazing, "'seeing that Frigg was too overcome with sadness to continue. "'You're full of lies and menace.' You boast about your terrible crime against Balder. You think we don't know? Frigg can see what is gone on. Ooh, mocked Loki. Fine words from the one who has even less virtue than Gyphon and Frigg. Not a god or an elf in this hall has escaped your clutches. You are a dirty, malicious witch. Njords tried to intervene, but Loki snarled at him. Be silent. You were humiliated, sent here as a hostage all those years ago. True enough, Loki, but it was an honour to be part of the peace between the Aesir and the Farnir, and I produced a son loved by all. You can't argue with that, Loki, said Tyr. Frey is the best and boldest rider. He is brave and fair. And there speaks the Handless One. May I remind you that Fenrir took your right hand. I may have lost my hand, but you lost the famous wolf, said Tyr. I'd rather be walking around free with one good hand than be shackled until the world's end. Frey stepped in. Foolish creature, I'll have you chained too if you don't shut your mouth. Loki sneered. I wouldn't speak of folly if I were you, dear Frey. You who bought Grimir's daughter with gold and sold your sword into the bargain. When the sons of Muspel ride over Mirkwood, you may need that sword. How are you going to fight when the world needs you? Frey was lost for words. One of his servants tried to speak for him, but Loki dismissed the interjection with some more withering put-downs. It was left to Heimdall to say what everyone was thinking. Loki, you are drunk. Why don't you simply stop speaking and making everything worse? Too much ale makes every man a little too talkative. It causes him to say what he does not mean. I'm not taking advice from a menial watchman, sneered Loki. All you do is stand above that bridge and watch, watch, watch all day. How dull is that? You are simply a servant. Don't think I'll listen to a lowlife like you. You are quick, Loki, but your time is short, said Skadi. You won't be talking like this much longer. Before much more time has passed, you'll be bound to a rock with your own son's guts. Loki snorted a couple more times and exchanged some more angry words with Skardy until Sif, wife of Thor, intervened. You're welcome here, Loki. Now take this crystal cup full of ale. I think you will admit that I alone among the Aesir and their children am blameless. This was both a bit rich and not very complimentary to her colleagues. Loki, though, shot her down with some choice words. Really, Sif, wife of Thor? I think it's not just Thor who you have spent the night with, but also with good old Loki himself. Sif seemed about to reply when Baylor's voice was heard. The earth shakes and the mountains move. I think Thor is on his way home. It was true. Loki tried to silence Baelor with some more reposts, but Thor's massive form strode into the hall before he could finish. It was clear he had heard some of what was being said, as his face was dark and menacing. He glared long and hard at Loki, who simply sat there impassively waiting for the outburst. It soon came. Silence, you evil creature, or Mjolnir will deprive you of the ability to speak. I will strike that rock on your shoulders and knock it to the ground, ending your sorry little life. Rage on Thor. You won't be so brave when it comes to fighting against the wolf after he swallows Odin, said Loki quietly. Thor was having none of it. Hold your tongue, you evil creature, or Mjolnir will deprive you of the ability to speak. I'll throw you east to Jotunheim, and no one will see you again. I wouldn't speak of journey's east, Thor. Remember when you went there and had to cower in a glove? That was not worthy, surely, of the great Thor. Be silent, you evil creature, or Mjölnir will deprive you of the ability to speak. I will wield Hrungnir's killer with my right hand and break every bone in your wretched body. But no, countered Loki, I intend to live a good while longer. Threaten me with the hammer as much as you like. I remember that you couldn't even get food from the giant Scrimier's bag. The great Thor didn't have enough strength to deal with leather straps. The mighty Thor went hungry that day. Enough, you evil creature, boomed Thor. Or Mjolnir will deprive you of the ability to speak. The slayer of Hrungnir will cast you to hell to the doors of the dead. Loki raised his hand in mock submission. I have given the wise Aesir here the benefits of my wisdom, but I will take my leave now. This is because of you and you alone, Thor. Aeir here brews very fine ale, but he'll never hold a feast like this again. The flames will take this hall, Aeir, and destroy you and everything you own. The end is near. Loki left and then ran. He ran fast and he ran for a long time. He knew that he would never be welcome in Asgard again and he knew that the end of everything was in sight. He knew what his fate would be and he knew he couldn't prevent it. He could, though, make it as hard for the Aesir as possible. He wasn't going to give up his freedom, his trickery or his life easily. He'd make the gods work for it. Loki ended up in a deserted and wild part of Mythgard. In a hollow near Frananga Falls, he built himself a low house with four doors. Loki could keep watch in every direction, looking out for those who sought to destroy him. Day after day and night after long night, Loki sat in his self-made home and waited for his enemies. Many days at dawn, he walked to the falls and changed himself into the form of a salmon. Even in this disguise, in the pounding, booming wild water at the base of the falls, he felt unsafe. One evening, he started to play with some lengths of twine. He looped them and tied them until he'd created a net with such a tight mesh that not even a tiny fish would be able to escape it. For a long time, he sat and stared at his creation. Inevitably, the day came when Loki was proved right. He heard the voices he dreaded. Odin and Thor and many of the others had found him. Loki threw his net onto the fire and then, as quickly as he could, the sky traveller ran from the house, changed into a salmon and dived into the rushing rapids. The Aesir didn't see Loki flee and went into the house. This must be Loki's lair, said Odin, but where is he? Honea stood down and looked at the burnt remains of something in the fire. This looks like a net to catch a fish. Something tells me that our quarry is a fish himself. Let's make ourselves a net to catch a fish. For the rest of the day and deep into the evening, the Aesir sat together in Loki's house and made a wide net, large enough to drag the pool at the bottom of the falls. When it was finished, they sat down to rest and each of them slept soundly, knowing that their prey was within their grasp. At dawn, they took the net down to the rushing river under Frenanga Falls. Thor directed them to spread the net wide. He took one end and strode across the rushing torrent. The rest of the Aesir held the other end. When he was ready, Thor motioned for them to move slowly, dragging the net along the bottom of the river. The salmon in the river swam downstream to avoid being caught. The salmon that was Loki found a safe place between two boulders. The net scraped his back, but didn't snare him. When the Aesir drew it from the water, it did not contain a fishy Loki. The gods made their way back to the base of Frenanga Falls. Again Thor ordered his fellows to drag the river, but this time to put in more effort so that any boulders were swept out of the way. This time Loki knew there would be no escape if he remained in the water, so he did the only thing left open to him. He arched his back and sprung into the air above it. He jumped right over the net. The ICER quickly pulled in the net and ran back to the base of the falls. This time Thor didn't take hold of it. No, this time he told the rest of the gods to drag the river while he waited for diving salmon. Loki being deep in the water by now didn't see this change of plan. Just like the previous time, he launched himself into the air with the intention of leaping the net and swimming off. Thor though was wise to the plan. He saw the Loki fish as it arced from the water and clutched at it. The fish writhed and twisted and tried to escape, but Thor held on. Loki was caught. A group of Aesir seized their captive, now back in the familiar form of the real Loki, and dragged him to a cave. Meanwhile, another group of the gods went in search of Loki's two sons, both known to be chips off the old block. They found the two and turned one into a wolf, which proceeded to savage the other. This son, Narfi, was killed and ripped apart before the wolf slunk away into Jotunheim. The Isir took the entrails from the torn apart Narfi and carried them to the cave where Loki was being held. Silently the gods worked. They found three huge boulders and bored a hole through each of them. They stretched the uncomplaining Loki over the boulders and then bound him to them with the entrails of his son. As soon as the binding was complete, they turned hard as iron there was no escape. Skadi took a horrible venomous snake into the cave and fastened it to a stalactite on the cave roof. It was positioned directly over Loki's head so that the venom dripped straight onto his face, and there they left him, bound to boulders in a dark cave, praying for the end of time. Loki's only companion was his loyal wife Sigyn. She held a bowl over her suffering husband's face so the poison wouldn't burn him. Whenever it became full, though, she had to empty it, and Loki suffered intolerable pain for the short time she was away. When the venom hit him, he shuddered and writhed in torment. The earth shook every time. And there, in that cave, together, Loki and Sigyn waited for Ragnarok. Next time, we'll hear the prophecy that tells of the end of the Aesir and all of the Nine Worlds. It is time, at last, to face Ragnarok. Next week's episode will be a little bit shorter than usual. The story of Ragnarok is not a long one, but it's very important to treat it on its own. So please forgive the brevity of the next and final chapter of The Myths of the Norse. Until then, have a great couple of weeks, and I'll speak to you next time.